0: And I'm Carrie. And this is Warhammer 40K Book Club, where we read from a crack. This is episode number seventy-eight. And our book is The Triumph of Saint Catherine by Danny Ware, which tells the story of the sisters entrusted with transporting the historic Here. Saint Catherine. There's the oops.
1: Oh, the, okay, the camera you guys, the better
0: picture. The better we'll cover. talk about that in a second. <laughs> We posted several questions on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, and we encourage participation in our conversations via YouTube site or Encrypted Vox channel. Spoiler warning, if you haven't yet read the book, go to the site, check out the questions before listening to this, as we'll be discussing this from start to finish in great detail, not that there's really any spoilers in this. Um, But before we dive in, I will say that... um, this is not only gorgeous this limited edition i know carrie's not as big into it because she's not into skulls like i am um i love the cover of the limited edition the artwork though on the inside of this book is the best oh my god like every now and then black library just knocks it out of the park with artwork and look at that it's, i know it's absolutely i'm telling you
1: i really wish i'd gotten the hardback instead <laughs> but
0: i didn't know it was going to look like that And I just, I like the whole, yeah, anyways. In in terms of uh, something that looks like a prayer book, uh, a limited edition, pretty nice. Gets top marks on that one. Um, Now let's dive in, shall we? Um, Did you like the book? No. I am, mm, I'm really torn on it. I have decided that, and we're going to discuss this a little bit more here in a bit, but If she would have just told Catherine's story, I think I would have really liked it. I actually really liked Catherine's story. did not like the sisters who were guarding Catherine, and I did not necessarily care for their commentary on the stories, because we'll talk about that in a second. Anyways, what part stood out to you? Really,
1: only one part stood out to me. (laughs) Oh? Uh Uh-oh. And, uh... Let me get the, make sure i get this quote right and it was not dealing with the story or with them telling the story i believe one of them was doing a dramatic pause oh it was before like Silvano's was like she's supposed to ask a question this is outside a sergeant bellowed for quiet from somewhere a raucous voice told him what he could do with his quiet that made me laugh and that is the only thing that stood out in this book because i did not like the stories about catherine i did not care about catherine really i did not care about these sisters and i think what this all boils, boils down to is that i don't think i really care about the sisters of battle that much
0: i you know God, I'm, I'm i'm having a crisis of faith with that exact thing right now because conceptually, I love them. And the part that stood out to me, and it's kind of a shame because it peaks a little early, this is like in the first ten pages, it's when you have those two troopers who are sitting around and they're kind of talking and then that monster attacks. Oh yeah, like that opening
1: scene and everything and, you know, uh, Avra comes in and saves them and, you know, just does her duty and then just walks off. I was like, this is going to be cool.
0: Yes, and I loved that though because and you that can was see. It. Well, we see off. We often see how the Space Marines are revered as his angels, and how they are described as being demigods And like, oh, I saw one once, and um. So I loved that whole intro scene, right, where she, the girl, I can't even remember her name right now, but the other trooper, when she's just like, you know, they sing, and like. Oh my gosh, like the reverence and the way he describes her resplendent in her armor with her mm-hmm. cape billowing and he just describes the scene and you can just, you can just feel it and you can feel this like, oh my gosh, these women are so uplifting and they're so meaningful and just not necessarily at the same level, the space Marines on a different level. And so I loved that. And I was and just like you, I was like... This is going to be so good. And, um, yeah. It kind of peaked a little early for me. But I, it, it's giving me a real conscious of faith, though, because I, I love the concept. I loved that scene. I love that they're so revered. And, man, I don't like the execution of them. And I
1: think, honestly, what this comes down to is that I have a lot of disagreements with the Catholic faith. <laughs> In general. And <laughs> what a uh, thing, madam. And um so yeah, it was from the Huron Blackheart book when he was talking about, you know, the angels in Carmine and how you know with all their rituals and everything, is one thing he couldn't take with the word bearers, because by the time they got done with their rituals and their blessings and whatever, he's like, you know, we've already done half the killing. That's how I feel about these people, and that's how I feel about a lot of catholic like the diehard catholics in general there's so many rituals there's so many you know and when i mean the the diehard catholics i don't mean like people who go to church on sunday i mean like those who like the priests and the nuns who get in there and are big onto the confession and you know self-flagellation and you know um repentance and everything i get bored and I'm, And mainly because I'm just like, you know, if God wants us to be that miserable all the time, then I don't want to be Christian anymore. Because, you know, I read this one book like years ago and it was... It was about you know King, about King Arthur you know because they had you know the the uh, the so-called you know pagan people of Britain mm-hmm. and then the Catholics coming over, and one comment Guinevere made she was like she didn't understand the Catholics she's like why is everything about misery misery and misery and there's no beauty in anything. And that's kind of, and ever since they said, that, that's always stayed in my head, especially when if I go to Catholic mass, that's really how I feel about a lot of stuff. It was just like, man, why are you guys all so miserable? Everything's, you know, you have all this beauty in the church, but you're not allowed to revere it because you have to be so miserable and be repenting all the time. And that's boring and I and I'm not saying that you know we're supposed to have fun I'm not doing Joel Osteen out here and saying God wants you to be happy but I'm saying but he doesn't want you to be miserable all the time either can't we have something in between and you know the whole idea of being zealots drives me bonkers it was one thing I loved when that one sister called them zealots and Dominica was like excuse me and she's like well we are like well yeah you you really are like sometimes for the, for the good, and sometimes it's for the detriment. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I feel like... So you touched on a couple of interesting things. First, I have to say...
1: You're muted. You did... I heard something snap, and you
0: muted. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so as a recovering Catholic, uh, my... One thing, when they talk, especially when they talk about the Repentia, I think it's Mina's story that's all about the Repentia. All I could think about is I was like, God, if these people were Catholic, they could just go to confession, do a few rosaries and some Hail Marys and call it a day. As anyone who grew up Catholic knows, all you have to do, you could go and murder someone tomorrow, but so long as you go to confession and do the right number of the rosary, you're fine. Um, that's what these people need. So all I could think of is y'all motherfuckers need a rosary. And a confession,
1: but I think the only that ones that right. have rosaries are the interrogator chaplains, the dark angels, right? <laughs> and they mean a very different thing.
0: <laughs> they mean a very different thing. Um, I've got, I'm sure I have someone somewhere in the basement. I will happily lend them to some of these sisters. Um, I think I, you you tap on one of the points that I think I really struggle with with the sisters in general, and that is that sometimes I think in their zealousness. They lose sight of the bigger picture. So, like, some of the repentance. Now, we don't know. In that story, we don't know what Rue did. Um, other than steal a name from the Hunger Games, we don't know what she did. Maybe that's what it was. Um, all I can think of is Rue dies, motherfucker. Um, I mean, at least
1: it was not Katniss. I mean, she chose a slightly better name.
0: Wait. Who dies. All right. Hunger Games, anyone? Anyways, um, I feel like they lose sight of the bigger picture, and we don't know what they did. But like, um, I go back to uh, Mark of Faith. Hmm. She goes to Repentia, and look, I'm not saying that the Repentia do not serve a purpose. Um, everybody, <laughs> I feel like every faction now kind of needs to have their own berserkers, um, who are just crazy. Um, but it would be like, cool with the Repentia if they actually were crazy. They're too busy. But, slashing their wrists to be crazy. Yeah, like, and at the risk of making a horribly irreverent joke, like, with some of them, I'm just like, go find a daisy razor and stop wasting our time. (laughs) Shave your head, get some eyeliner, get a daisy razor, and stop wasting our times. Like, I feel like they they get so... And this is... (sighs) This is that core principle that you already talked about, is they are essentially nuns with guns, right? And yes, so they are very, very lost and deep within the concept of his will and his glory and their religion. And part of that can be very beautiful, but it can also be very, um, they seem to be very monofocused. And so on one hand, you have all of these women who could be like, the Repentia just seem like such a waste to me because, okay, yeah, alright, berserkers, that's really cool. They do shock and awe and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it's a very selfish mindset. And, like, Mm -hmm. put your friggin' armor back on. Get your friggin' bolt pistol and go out there and actually do real damage. This, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I'm so sick of that. I'm so so sick sick of it. it. And, like, look. I I look at the Blood Angels, believe it or not. My Euro Trash Space Vampires, or your Euro Trash Space Vampires, um, like, (sighs) They have their berserkers who are totally lost and disappeared within inside of themselves, but that's like that's a whole different thing. Okay? That's that's a whole different thing. They've they've got some daddy issues in the best way possible. Like it's it that's different. This is just you were choosing this and I guess it is that kind of like self-flagellation and like when they're talking about how they've mutated themselves uh, they've uh, disfigured not mutated they've disfigured themselves like the girl who's missing her eyes y'all
1: Like I, I remember which one it was but we were talking about you know
0: making cuts on her arms Yeah, you know i was just like oh, okay um no yeah. and that's if I had one like okay so if I could become if I could become the duchess of the black library and fix some problems um i think that would be the one problem that i would fix right now is that each of and as they is as, as each of the sisters go through and they kind of introduce themselves and they're like oh this is where i'm from and this is what we believe i'm like okay so you guys are each varying degrees of misery like it it, it would be like if you're sitting in a room with joy division and Twilight Sad and My Chemical Romance, and they're trying to explain to you how they're all different. They're just different brands of misery and emo. I can't so argue. the Joy Division was actually talented. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. um, I am. That's the thing that needs to get fixed. There needs to be more variation. I cannot believe that there's not a single group of Adeptus sororitas who aren't, as you said, maybe more um, like, okay, these girls are all Catholic and stuff. And I get that because that's kind of the brand that the ecclesiarchy teaches. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we have seen is that almost every planet, especially as you start to get outside of like the major populated areas, have different versions of the emperor. We have seen agricultural worlds that have like... The emperor as the holding a great uh, scythe because he's the reaper and he's or he's a farmer, right? Mm -hmm. He's there to help you with your harvest. Like we have these different kind of flavors of religion. You would think that we had different flavors of sisters. Like you would think that somewhere, somewhere out there, there would be like the. uh, I guess what I'm saying is we need like the Sister Act Six Sisters. I would totally read Sister
1: Act Sisters. That would be amazing. Yes. Actually, so one thing I will say about this is that because I am not as versed with the sisters, I don't read very much about them. Um, I don't paint them the way that my compatriot here does. So when I was kind of reading in this and so I didn't understand what all these symbols meant. And when they were talking about, you know, the different, you know, where, you know, Dominica and Arabella, where they all from, I actually put the book down and I opened up the lexicana, and did my research and learned about the orders. And I was like, okay, so there are different orders. Okay, let's learn about them. Yep. I can't tell you the differences. They all seem to be about the same. We just got, you know, different markets like, oh, we have the Argent Shroud. Okay. You know, we have the Ebony Chalice. You guys are all miserable. Bloody all, Rose, Sacred Rose, Our martyred please. Lady. You guys are really all about Our Martyr Lady. It's just a different martyr. Or They're maybe all, you're all martyrs. I,
0: I don't right. know. Y'all, I don't even know. Um yes, they're all just varying degrees. The Ebon Chalice, so all of the girls that I paint are actually Ebon Chalice, because Ebon Chalice, um, I feel like are the most reasonable of the group. And keep in mind there is an asterisk next to that because it depends on your definition of reasonable. Um it just feels like varying degrees of misery. And I I don't know. <laughs> I also dislike um, that moment when you have a sneeze and it won't come. Hmm. Um, I dislike their how overly emotional they are. (laughs) Hold please. Um, I just like how overly emotional some of them are too. Like I mean, look, I get it. Like some of the stories were very moving with Catherine, and I was like, oh, that's a great story, and like. And some <laughs> Maybe of them because we're modern audiences—and and we some of them
1: remind me of the people that are just like in church when there's a certain song and they're just holding up their hands and swaying and crying, and I'm like, "Who, who are you doing this show for?"
0: Maybe because I joke a lot that I, oh, I had a religious experience, Um uh, like you know when we went to an Ethiopian restaurant and I had a total religious experience over their food. Um, but really, maybe it's because I haven't actually had no religious experience like that, that I don't understand having like that, like passion and that zeal. And I like, I've been happy enough that I have cried multiple times. Um, I have felt like those types of emotions. I don't understand. Like there were sometimes like that's hence my variable line down there. Like there were so many stories. I was like, but did she die? Like, and we're like, this is a good segue over into this the overall narrative structure for me was two things really bothered me about it. One was that, and I, I think we all have friends like this where like they come to you and they're just like, Oh my God, the worst thing happened today. And they get to the end of the story and you're like, is, is that it? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we all have those overly dramatic and some of these stories, like they get to the end and everyone's crap. And I'm like, I think I missed something but then there was also anyways I think overall I would have loved the story just been Catherine I did not like the interruptions I found the interruptions to be very irritating because I'd be getting into Catherine's story and I'm like okay okay interesting oh okay there we go somebody's interrupting to call something heresy because she's trying to sneak into the orc camp how dare she cusp the pearls
1: There was way too many clasping of pearls moments. Whether it was they're being offended that she was sneaking or that they added some color or, you know, don't bring in your point of view on this. Well, I'm sorry. I thought the whole point of this was that they were telling these tales so that you could get to know them better. But. Well, because. What I, I, I mean- actually wanted, I didn't want stories about Catherine. I wanted stories about them, like, not, you know, who they were before they became Lucy and Arabella, but I wanted stories about them. Like, tell me stories about what you guys brought to Catherine's table. Right. Why are you, you're saying she's going to become Catherine? Let me tell you a story about yourself. No, I want, (laughs) like, I, I didn't get it. And I got through, uh, two stories. Mm-hmm. And I was already like, I got to speed through this book because I didn't really want to read Canterbury Tales of the 40K. Now, if, if there was a Miller's Tale in there, kind of breaking things up, maybe, but please, not with the sisters. There's it, never going to be a Miller's Tale.
0: Honestly, I kind of was with you on that. Like, I kind of was expecting one because a couple of the characters were really much... Chaucer they were jokes. Established- <laughs> right. Um. I kind of expected there to be something like that. Maybe not quite so. Um. caught not quite so vulgar. But I expected to have something maybe a little cheeky, in there because yeah, a like, couple
1: of the characters Arabella, you've let me being,
0: like Arabella. You let me down. <laughs> like she establishes herself as kind of a firebrand. Yeah. Right. Like she's young and she's spunky and she kind of is like with everybody else's story. She's like, you're just so serious. And then her story's like kind of equally serious. Like there was no moments really of levity. The moments of levity came from outside. Like when you talked about how like they can hear the soldiers having a good time. Meanwhile, they're sitting in this chapel telling stories all night. and oh, okay. like you can tell a lot about someone based on what story they personally like, right? Um okay, that's that's fair. But again, to quote Stephen King's wife, do you have to bore the hell out of me with it? Like, their stuff, I just didn't like. And it was so much of Avra, like, well, I'm not sure if these people like me. I'm not sure. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Uh, like, Avra's self doubt, I get it. Like, on one hand, I kind of get it because, okay, you've just, you're basically a new ish sister, and you've just been elevated to the point of being Catherine. Okay that's that's a big deal i get it this is a very mm-hmm. big honor for you and okay but like please please wonder if you're worthy of this one more time please do please it's very interesting to me personally
1: you know it's a weird way like that didn't bother me as much because like you know she was brand new but it was when she told her story about herself and it was like how she I don't, I kind of fell asleep halfway, you know. Just, she basically tried to get herself killed because she didn't feel worthy of something that she had done and I was just like, oh god, you've been a sister for like, what? Five minutes? And you're already to throw yourself in with the Repentia? Mm, Okay. uh, Okay. Like. Sure. Oh, because my brother didn't really die a heroic death. He died in a tank. That exploded i'm sorry he didn't have sword in hand running towards the enemy like how shameful of you for thinking that shameful
0: um i don't know well like when they talked about like that first can't touch anything um that first story when they talked about her running right so that she could find a better A more advantageous place to fight, and and, they—oh, that's heresy to suggest that she would run. Are are, are you guys just like suicide troopers? Are you, are you like not even
1: not even the ultramarines follow the codex? that closely yeah um well i mean even they understand that yes there's a point to running if it gives you a better tactical advantage i
0: mean how is that heresy exactly like had she turned tail and been like nah screw we don't care about this planet okay that's a little bit that's heresy okay i gotcha um but just to find a more advantageous like i again and this just goes back to that tragedy right of like oh who is I? And I don't like it because I feel like at some level it really taps into some really ugly female character stereotypes.
1: I was actually just thinking that
0: it taps into a lot of really ugly female stereotypes of how women you know, are oh, so, emotional, dramatic, so emotional, they're so dramatic.
1: You know, they exactly. You know, which is like, you know, I mean, I guess one thing I think is so cool about the Sisters of Silence is,
0: you know, that they're not that emotional. They just get the job done. No, and I think maybe it's because they're blunters. They're the the soulless. Um, Maybe. They're so accustomed to being hated by people that they don't have time. Like all of the sisters that we've ever been, that we've all ever read and have been presented with. They don't have time for your nonsense. They're here to get a job done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's because they know, like they have come to terms with the fact that, um, we face the worst that the Imperium has to offer. And we are a very valuable and necessary tool of the Imperium. Um, they are, I feel like they're more akin to space Marines in that way, because they're like, we got a job to get done and we're professionals. Whereas the sisters, especially the way that they're presented, they feel very childish. They feel very teenage girl. Um, Even the older ones feel like they're like maybe sophomores in high school. Just because of this this constant drama and this kind of bickering back and forth. And yeah, they keep going back on, oh, we all are all sisters at the end of the day. Yeah, but y'all are bickering over some pointless stuff. Like this is all... I'm not loving it, especially compared to her which, other territories.
1: Well, I mean, which like going back to like the female stereotypes, isn't that another female stereotype, you know, about yeah. women like just bickering and b- bitching about, you know, the littlest of things. I mean, I admit that it's a true stereotype,
0: but it doesn't mean I want to see it really highlighted. It is sometimes, but it also sometimes isn't. I mean, like people, that's people like yes okay yeah sometimes especially teenage girls like speaking as a former teenage girl um we do tend to lean into that sometimes but just that tragedy and that drama and that i and i guess maybe it's because i have a teenager right now who has friends who are teenagers like that inability to look outside of themselves i i I just found and i continue to find with the sisters
1: that's it you just hit it right there that's what i feel with the sisters the inability to look outside themselves Mm -hmm. which is like my whole problem with the whole like I'm not worthy or I'm gonna go slip my wrists and be part of the Repentia like there's a bigger world out there besides yourself and that's actually one thing I really liked about one of the covenant books when the um, I keep calling him a friar pretty much is basically like just choose out the Repentia it's just like you know only you doing this to yourself nobody else cares nobody else sees you this way Um, it's like yeah she was just you know the whole time just woe is me Like no one else is feeling sorry for you because you refuse to see outside of yourself, which if we're going to look at a more technical term for that, that's called mental depression. When you can't see outside of what's going on and everything is just so damn sad and you want to die. That's not really something that you want to glorify, at least as far as I know, but just with my own experiences with depression. Um, And I know your experiences with depression. Uh, Just I don't get it. I I don't don't, get it. And I'm,
0: I I want to like
1: the Sisters of Battle because, like, like you said, like the concept of it, it just sounds so cool, you know, and when they're in that action, when they're in battle, they are so incredibly cool. Oh, my God. When they get into this, I'm just not worthy. And is it, you know, am I zealous enough? Do I try hard enough? Bitch, point your gun and
0: shoot. Like, come on. And I, yes, I think that's what I struggle with is that they, they seem, once they start fighting, every author we've ever read knows how to use them. They are yeah. selfless. They are brave. They are tenacious. They have way more training than your average Imperial Guardsmen, right? They are soldiers they, they are have warriors. they have almost that
1: superhuman speed and strength the way that the space marines do in many because occasions
0: they have power armor so it's really really they cool drug off stuff they're right. so cool uh, yeah but it's like so but you don't know what to do with them when they're not and you know what like in, in this is not just a critique about This is not a critique against Danny Ware. This is not a critique against the sisters of blah, 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 blah. All of my disclaimers there. Because this is actually something that a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows, I mean, how many TV shows, how many really great TV shows really struggle with their female characters if their female character is not directly progressing the plot? So I think of, say, Skylar in Breaking Bad or, um, oh my God, Margaret from Boardwalk Empire, right? These were two female characters. Right. Who, if they were plot relevant and they were helping progress the plot, they were fine and they were great. But if they weren't, the writers don't know what to do with them. And so, just like in this book, Skylar and Margaret end up becoming drama points. And because that's all they ever do, right? And I feel like um, Sons of Anarchy was another good example of that. A lot of their female characters, right? Obviously not... um, oh my gosh, Peggy from Married with Children
1: oh, um, yeah Katie Seagal Katie um, but she I, was but she was moving the plot the whole
0: time like all the she seasons she was always, always involved in moving the plot whereas a lot of these other characters weren't and that's why they just kind of appeared every now and then just to cause drama and it's like it's, and I don't know what that is but it's definitely right. a larger it's a larger societal cultural thing, right, where we definitely have problems with female characters if they're not doing a thing. And I think that once you show sisters idol, um, and of course idolatry is a uh, cardinal sin, so I guess there's maybe a point there. Different idol. Um hmm? different idol. Different idol, yeah. <laughs> um sloth. Um, no, it just when idol hands, devil's work and all that, I don't know. It's the idol hands of the drama here. It is Yeah, yeah, Um, just have them in battle at all times, or figure out how to write, and the the thing that upsets me about this is that I've uh, I've read several of her other short stories, and they're not quite like this, they are a little bit, some of it, like, were notes of it where I'm like, okay, I've kind of seen some of this, and I've kind of seen some of this, but this, like, they're really leaning into some of these less favorable parts um i think i would have liked it had just been catherine's story then she could have just told that story without all of like the little interjections of like oh don't forget we're miserable don't forget we're miserable don't forget we're miserable darling we ain't forgot i don't know it just i don't got anything else to add to that really so let me ask you this: What did you think overall of the titular Catherine? Like, do you do, do you understand the adoration of her? Like, do, do you think she's an interesting saint?
1: Yeah,
0: thoughts, opinions. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't really see what she did that made her a saint. I mean, yes, yeah, she was. She went on this one. I mean, triumph. She, well, okay, yes, yeah, she did do that. But then she went on this one, like, I don't know, finding herself journey. Where I was like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, I I I don't know. I guess compared to like Celestine, it's probably the only other saint I've ever I've ever read about really um no, like I I, I really don't. you know Cel- Celest- I was about to say Celestine is one of those. and you know, in Celestine, you know, whenever she does appear and she's not she doesn't always move the plot forward and I feel like she is one that can. That they do know what to do with. They and do. I'm, and I wonder if it's because Celestine is one of those that, man, she knows her purpose. She yes. knows her purpose and she knows her duty. And I think, you know, and I know I can't expect every single one of these women to totally know their purpose and know their duty. But at the same time, yes, I can. Because you don't see the space marines sit around and be like, what is my purpose? The ones that do end up, they're renegades and they're traitors. And then they're miserable because they've lost their purpose and they've lost their duty. Um, when you sign up for this, this is your purpose. You don't have to sit there and like, you know, it's not it's not like you were... you know I don't mind that when the Imperial Guardsmen get into that, what is my purpose, what is my duty? Because a lot of them didn't sign up for this, you know? They were conscripted or part of a tie. or... They were or, really trained. Right. You know, whatever, like... It's it's fine, you know. Not everyone could be like the Katachan. and we're like, yeah, we know our purpose. Um, It doesn't bother me as much with guardsmen, men or women, because I understand that they're just human. But you're a sister of battle. You are no longer just human.
0: Right. You have something else. You
1: you you chose this. Yes, you were selected for a Scala, but you still chose this. You didn't become a hospitaler. You chose. The Sister of battle, so you set your purpose. So stop with the whining. Like, I can't deal with the whining. The guardsmen whine less than they do, and they have a 10 times harder life. And I'm saying, guardsmen, hey. I'm encompassing everybody, okay? Like, I'm, I'm gonna say, men and women don't at me Guardsmen's on
0: that. Gender neutral,
1: yeah, huh? Is it now? I, um, yeah. but guard,
0: but, I, but it, it drives LLC. me crazy. It drives me crazy i I have to interject about the celestine thing so i I gave some thought to that okay celestine's different celestine's different okay yeah that's true but um saint sabbat would like a word i don't know anything about saint sabbat so i can't comment that's fine but i i do and i've read the books and Mm -hmm. saint sabbat is very much like that right she comes back and she immediately is like all right what do we got to get done but i think think that's the difference between the saints though and these sisters. Very much so. But even Catherine, like, we we get to see her ascend to sainthood, like, basically in the first, like, chapter, right, when she saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get that impression that St. Catherine was, like, you know, do you know who did this story better? And I feel so awful saying this. Did you watch that Hammer and Bolter with the sisters? It's excellent.
1: It's been so long since I've watched a Hammer and Bolter,
0: and it did this very. It, it did it a lot better. Two sisters are charged with guarding this temple of a saint. Yes, and, uh, I did see that one. Yes,
1: yes. which that I was loved excellent.
0: That, too. that was excellent, especially because I was telling I was telling my husband as we were reading this. I was like, you know, there's that scene at the end where the girl's like she's holding the sword and she's like, "Come on, come on, come on," and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh." I understand and she gives the sword to the girl who's already been killed right and that girl ascends to sainthood like the concept of just like I prefer the sisters when they kind of understand their place they kind of understand their role I guess roles a better word they understand their role in the world as do some of the Saints right as you said with Celestine like Celestine doesn't sit there and oh woe was I woe was I and a story from going back to one of your points about the space Marines. There's a story from the, the uh, brothers of the snake by Dan Abnett, the iron snakes book that has always lodged in my brain. They, the, the iron, uh, the iron snakes are sent out to this coronation of a new king, a uh, planetary governor. And um, they're the one, this one, he's a younger brother, right? He's just like, Ugh, this is bullshit. This is beneath us. And this apothecary comes over and is like, "No, it is not. We are what, like what are we built for? We are built to be the emperor's tools and he like he makes kind of a joke. He's like, "If the emperor were to command you to strip naked and st- stand on one hand, you would do it and of course, the guy's like, Oh, like you know i'm, I'm I've been chastised, and he goes, No, you just stand That is what the emperor asks of you, mm-hmm. right? Like you're a tool of the emperor and which I guess does kind of maybe open up a whole other philosophical bag of... can of worms, bag of worms, um, that are they tools of the emperor or are they tools of the ecclesiarchy? And the ecclesiarchy sure as hell seems to like people to be miserable. So maybe that's a deeper conversation that they're trying to get at.
1: I would think that they are tools of... that they are tools of the emperor, but at the same time, the ecclesiarchy takes advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I would say that's probably a fair assessment of it. I just I feel like maybe just, they just,
1: just because I just because well too many of them become saints, right? Because of their vision of the Emperor. The Emperor works through them. Too many of that happens to too many of them and not really the ecclesiarchy, right? Which says like a lot to me. So so I really think that they are tools of the Emperor. Just sometimes the ecclesiarchy likes to come in and be like oh but but we're instruments of the emperor too so therefore
0: yeah well i think the difference being that the ecclesiarchy speaks for the emperor the sisters act for the emperor ecclesiarchy thinks they speak for the emperor well yeah obviously (laughs) um yes i i don't know i guess i i came into this book really wanting to get that sense of like oh this is who Catherine is as a saint. And I do I get the idea of who she was as a sister but not necessarily as a saint? No, I didn't and, um, I didn't get any nothing with her as a saint. Not a single thing. And the thing too that I have to also color my mind with is that um the concept of faulty narrators. So on one hand like I Do I get the sense of who Catherine is as a sister or do I get the sense of who Catherine is as a official uh, approved message uh, by the ecclesiarchy? Like, I mean, we've already seen, right, how much history, even short history like this, gets butchered and parsed and changed necessarily, obviously. But you also have to ask that, like, do we even really know who Catherine was or is is this just kind of what they've crafted from her. Like, are some of these just tall tales? Mm-hmm. Are some of these a lot left up to inference, right? Like, how many um, how many historical shows or movies have you seen where it's like, okay, look, all of the major story beats are true, but obviously, like, the conversations like you and I are having right now, we kind of had to fill in the blanks because nobody knows about them. Like, is that what's well, going
1: on here? Maybe? It could, it could be. I mean, especially if I'm thinking back on, you know, any time that they would ask her a question you know expecting her to answer as Catherine and she would immediately be like well this is what the Scala told me so maybe really never got to know what Catherine would think because it's just what they learned in the Scala just what they were told in school which I guess is like no different than you know what You know what maybe what i learned in sunday school and what we learn in in our own schools and and things like that with history but it does bring an
0: interesting point though one of those um i guess i thought about this one way deeper than i so i will say this in terms of getting me to really think about the world and really getting me to think about the sisters and the concept of the sisters and the concepts of saints and how they're presented to me. This book actually probably got me thinking from like meta a lot more than any other books we've read recently. Um, Just because it really did cause me to have to like start unraveling some of the thoughts and opinions that I have. Um, So in terms of that, I really enjoyed that part of it. I like anything that gets me to really start thinking about, you know, like, oh, what, what do I really like this faction after all, right? um see gav thorpe's luther book that one caused me to have a little mild existential crisis um in fact that was probably the last book that really caused me to take like steps back and be like okay (laughs) perhaps i treated this character unfairly
1: well i mean and he is a dark angels fan the same thing it was just like whoa this is a such a different side of this character and it kind of changes a lot of things I would thought about what he did what he did not do um you know uh but kind of applying that to this I and mean, I guess the thing I can say about this book is that it made me analyze and decide like you know what sisters of battle I just don't think are my thing and that's fine too but it made me learn a lot about them
0: so there is that. True. So see it's not like it's it's not like it's completely horrible and awful. It, look, and I would read this book three times over again before reading um, that one book by that one guy with the oh. sisters. Yeah.
1: Oh. yeah.
0: Either one. Requiem Infernal. Uh, I would read this thrice before reading Requiem Infernal again. Um, and I can't even talk about the reverie. Just literally can't even talk about that. Um, but, so it wasn't like, just like, <laughs> Like, no, I would still read no. Daini Ware's stuff. I just, it wasn't, I don't think it was the best, the narrative structure. Um, I think I would have preferred to have seen this done kind of like Brothers of the Snake, where, cause like Brothers of the Snake, one of the really interesting things narratively about that is that all of the chapters are different periods of time. And it's kind of leapfrogging through time and eventually the last chapter comes back to the first chapter. Mm. But that's very interesting and so it's almost like little short stories combined into a novel and it works. Okay. Because it's basically just explaining to you this Iron Snake's journey. I would have preferred having a Catherine journey. Here she is as a young sister. Here she is as this. Running into one of her per- repentia. Here is this. Here is this. I would have preferred to draw out the lessons from the stories than to have them tell me, right? Like at the end of uh, what's her faces when they're just like anger is a good thing sometimes. And this is anger and this is why we like anger. And I'm like, okay, I, I got that.
1: You got it. Yeah. Ayn Rand. <laughs> yeah, I Rand. Rand.
0: I also read the book. <laughs> I read the story. Um, <laughs> as an English major. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this. Did any of the sisters resonate with you at all? No.
1: (laughs) And I kind of liked Arabella a little bit. Until she bored me. So, uh, you know. No.
0: Yeah. I'm going to have to go with you on that, too. I loved Avra in the beginning. And then just kind of fell off a cliff with her. Yep. I wasn't really feeling it. Nope. Um... Catherine, maybe a little bit. May. I don't
1: know. I don't know.
0: <sighs> yeah. I um I guess maybe I just like them from a distance. I just like them as tools as where we get to see them fighting and just giving themselves over and doing what they're supposed to do. Um, I don't remember what book we just read recently that had the sisters in it, where they're they're dying and just trying to support and it's it's great, and it's inspiring, and it's awesome, I guess. They're the type of people you have to get to know to dislike. You know, it,
1: it kind of reminds me of the Mephiston trilogy. Like, like I never finished it, but the second the second book, um, there is a uh, cathedral where there's a, can- there's a canonist there who's a complete badass, and is basically holding off this entire Zinchi army, you know, with literal cannons. And, you know, Mephiston shows up, and he's just like, dang good job ladies and they're like tell me something i don't know are you gonna help us or are you gonna get in our way you know it was like it was another example of you know these for the sisters where they're not moving along the story but they are able to kind of hold their own but again they're in the middle of battle they're not talking about their feelings and i admit that when Mephiston it's all mopey in his sarcophagus. It's talking about his feelings. I don't like that either because nobody cares about your feelings. You guys are made like these demigod-like creatures. Don't need to hear about how much your life sucks.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Everybody's life back. sucks.
1: It's the 40K. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's And we're 40K, 40K.
0: To borrow one of my favorite phrases from one of my favorite political commentators recently. Um, your pain is ordinary in the <laughs> yeah. 40k universe your pain is ordinary um I I think like nobody in the 40k universe is having a good time so like and I you know what this this goes back to no, a complaint no I have no
1: no that's not true the orcs are living their best lives oh the orcs
0: are living their best lives you were 100% correct there um but outside from sentient fungus, which should tell you something, Uh, (laughs) mushrooms are having a great time. Um, This is one of the core complaints I have with a lot of monster movies and or um, horror movies. So I never actually got into the Walking Dead comic series for this exact same reason is that you have zombies. Zombies are in and of themselves a struggle. They are a point of drama. They are, like, that right there is all the antagonist you need. We don't need to dally on interpersonal drama of, oh, I think this person's been looking at my wife. And, guys, you're in the middle of the literal apocalypse.
1: But isn't that the whole point of The Walking Dead is that you wonder who's the real Walking Dead?
0: Yes, yes, yes. And I ain't got time for that. (laughs) I just... I do not like, like, there's literally zombies approaching, this is one of the issues, and I cannot remember which one it was, it was like right about before I quit the series entirely. Like, there's literally zombies encroaching upon their place, and they're literally having a conversation about their feelings. And they just feel like they don't communicate well anymore. Well, that's one thing that the video games what? did better. Like, what? It's so bad. Like, can and I we feel talk about this, like, like,
1: when we get past the horde? That's just coming
0: okay so this is going to be a deep cut video game reference here but um for anybody who read vg cats um one of my favorite comics of all time basically takes a scene directly out of metal gear solid 2 uh sons of liberty in which there, your main character um raiden is naked and he's having to fight a metal gear and not get seen and run away from it and his girlfriend is talking about how she's pregnant and how she know he he never loved her and she went into his room once and it was empty just like his soul <laughs> and VG Cats parodies this exactly except of course it has the VG Cat going are you serious right now <laughs> Look anything that gets me to have flashbacks to metal gear is not a good thing so, so, like,
1: I never played that game, so I didn't get that reference, but I still found that comic really damn funny, just because, like, how many video games have we played oh, where the stuff like that has happened?
0: That this is like literally happens. It's, like, almost verbatim. Her, her words are almost verbatim. Yeah, you
1: know, it's, like, one thing I heard about, I never did play this game either, um, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, well, I, one of my friends, when he was playing it, he said, he's like, it's just so great when we're trying to be all quiet, and Nelson Ellie's like, I'm going to practice whistling. He's
0: just like, what are you doing? That is a thing that happens. <laughs> um, the Last of Us, aka Ugly Cry, the video game. Um, that one I'll give it to. Um, but yeah, the other ones, mm, no, 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 no. So, and I think that's kind of like when Mephiston is like sitting there white, like bemoaning his fate, right? Or like when the sisters are like, my brother died in a tank. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's all you um, got? You know what? A dreadnought got eaten alive by something that didn't even need to eat him for sustenance. So maybe have a and a smile about your brother. Throwing that yeah, you
1: want to talk about a horrible way to go?
0: you want to talk about ignoble deaths right we like dying in a tank i'm not going to say that doesn't suck but like that is the lot of the majority i mean i don't know if anybody ever read um oh god what is it called it was written by mitch scanlon um i I think it's called 15 hours yeah it's just called 15 hours it's basically uh what is it red badge of courage the um (laughs) in 40k um but it's all about how the average guardsman lasts 15 hours that is the average guardsman's lifespan once they hit combat so um maybe dial it back a bit huh some of those people are going to die cleaning their weapons okay like hello, check in the beginning she was
1: what was she, was she she was she was cooking i think
0: that thing just comes up and just
1: yeah, like actually, her in half. When that happened, I was like, whoa, that, that got uh, escalated quickly. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs>
0: that really got out of hand. Yeah, I mean, it, that was an ignoble death. That woman's not even in combat. She's just sitting there, and this thing comes up on her. She didn't even know it was coming. Just rips her in half.
1: You know, I guess if I'm going to go, not a bad way. You just don't know that it's coming. <laughs> and it's just right, over. Right, <laughs>
0: yeah. It's just kind of there, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um. But, again, like, you're sitting there, like, it just, it feels so privileged.
1: Oh, that's a really good way of putting it.
0: Like, it just feels very aristocratic and privileged of, like, oh, well, my brother. It was such an igno. It was just so dishonorable the way he died. Really? Really? Like, again, I, to me, the still, (laughs) the barrier is still the, the. Necrons, the flame well, one, I mean, eating. When she said he alive. was
1: died dishonorably, I was like, what, oh, did he run from battle? Because like, I could understand that. It was like, no, his tank flipped over and exploded. And? Like, what else? Something else happened? No?
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like, they get to the end of the story and you're like, that's it? Like, tell me tell me a good story tell me a story about how he ran from battle tell me a story about how he you know killed his commissar and ran off like tell me tell me something good like how he was war profiteering or something like right again but did you die like i i I don't i'm really glad we read it um because it is good to get like a little bit of a break in here, especially as we're about to go into the Wayback Machine. My <laughs> mic again. Um, to read the second Araman books or now the you back can see it. the front and the yeah, back. That's right. <laughs> um The uh Araman Sorcerer. Um little on the nose, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I know we, we've we made a lot of talk about how we did not want to OD on this after after the you know mistakes were made with Fabulous Bill. Um, we don't want to OD on Aramon, so this feels like a good pacing. Additionally, with the fourth book coming out, we have to kind of wrap it up and get there. Um, yeah, but it seems like a good summer read. I mean, everybody wants to read about sorcery and zinch and, you know, stuff and things in summer.
1: I mean, it's better than...
0: This was not summer reading.
1: Well, no, but it neither was Fabulous Bill and we chose that too. But uh I guess better sure. Ariman than um better like, you know, sorcery than flesh capes. Flesh furniture?
0: Living flesh furniture. Oh, we into the flesh furniture. So even the cat got up. You disturbed the cat, dude. Like, well, I mean, come fa- on. Fabulous Bill disturbs everybody. Pretty much. I did see that they're releasing an omnibus, though, of him. Yeah. And, um, no. The artwork's actually kind of good. It makes him look more like the mad scientist, unless. no,
1: nah. I don't care.
0: I, mean, I, I, got, I, I got my books. I'm books. good. Yeah, I already own the books. Um, I <laughs> have two of them in hardback.
1: I mean, but, um,. Warsmith on so he is not for you, so.
0: Right, exactly. I uh will take yeah. Warsmith Hansu. Definitely more interesting than Fabulous Bill. Uh so no, I'm excited to read Armin. We'll get back into some Chaos Spesmarines Marines and figure out what Zinch trick he's gonna fall for this time. And uh yeah. He doesn't follow
1: Zinch. Haven't you been paying attention?
0: Oh, Armin. Well, well, well if it isn't the consequences of his own actions. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I swear to God, the thousand suns—they can't get away from the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Magnus had good intentions. Ariman has all these good intentions. Now she wants us to wrap it up. Has all these good intentions, and what does it do? It makes everything worse.
0: <laughs> they are the um, they are the proverbial people on the ship that is sinking mm yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry for our uh our podcast listeners who aren't seeing this cat just right there <laughs> in front of the camera it's <laughs> like uh, yeah. so I guess yeah. with that I'll just go on ahead and on, take us out yeah okay? I'll just go on ahead and close this on out I think the cat's telling me to wrap this up here. So you've listened to the Warhammer 40k book club episode regarding the triumph of St. Catherine by Daini Ware. Be sure to join us next time for Ariman sorcerer by John French. Too many books around here. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the black library. or any of It's affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, Uh, If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those good things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read from a crack. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night, everybody. Get you some chartreuse attached to a complete and total shithead.